This is how we do it. Welcome them for me, would you? Come on. Welcome, you guys. Didn't Dude, expect to hear that song in church this morning, did you? Oh, yeah, Yay. they did. Dude, we, uh, <laughs> we've covered some songs that would blow your mind okay. in church. <laughs> yeah, like Highway to Hell. We did right. that one time. So yeah. I'm just saying, um, your music is tame, baby. Um, we, uh, <laughs> uh, I got to meet Montel at a thing at Saddleback. Pastor Rick Warren, my Saddleback partners are down here, Andrew and Alyssa. They help us with our, all our stuff and missions. And um, we, we, he pulled us together after Charlottesville. He just pulled people together and said, let's talk about racial diversity. Let's talk about it. So, you know, I'm sitting down there at, 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 you know, at the retreat center and and I'm like, hey, I'm Tim. He's like, I'm, I'm Montel. I'm like, you know, yeah, you know where you're at. I mean, I didn't, I didn't put it all together. And finally, I'm like, oh, that guy. He Googled me. I, I did. I Googled yeah. him. Like, Montel, this is how we do it? What? I didn't know that. No, I mean, I, I knew, but, you know, context is like, yeah. why are you at this pastor gathering thing? And it's because he's a pastor now. And, um, and, 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 and that's not to say that he's out of music. It's to say that he, he, he decided they, they took a... 90% pay cut, Kristen told me last <laughs> night. I'm pretty sure most of the people that come from the regular workforce and work for me take a little bit of a pay cut, but I don't think 90%, um, and went into ministry so that they could uh, work with the Victory Church in Atlanta, and they've been doing that for a while, and that's how I got to know them along the way. Why am I standing up here taking up their time? Because I want to make, make some kind of a statement. As we've gotten to know each other, he played me a song from his upcoming album um, that will drop on Black Friday. I can't yeah. make this up. Amen. Okay. I just, I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, it's black. I'm black every Friday. <laughs> so I, but it just seemed like a good day. I'm black every Friday. That uh, one, everybody knows is black Friday. So we drop just an album. so you know, I got an album coming out on White Wednesday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Um, so, so I was listening to his music and he was like, yeah, I'm starting to make music again. And I mean, this track he, he played and he's got Lecrae doing rap on the back and it's unbelievable. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, well, I'm, I'm, making, some, I'm making music again. And I'm like, oh, thank God and please don't make Christian music. Isn't that what I said to you? That's what you said. It, it, please don't take that wrong. I mean, I love Christian music and, and I want Christian music to be out there, but he already has a platform out in the world. So I'm like, dude, whatever you do, let's get this out there in the world. I mean, I want it to be, you know, I want it to be Christian kind. I want, I, everything we do represents Jesus, Jesus. but get it back out there in, in the world. And so that's what they're doing. Kristen's on the album. She's got some pipes. You're going to love hearing this. We're playing some of the songs after and before the services if you want to hear them. Uh, if you uh, give me money, I'll get you an illegal download, um, whatever, knew, whatever you want to do. I knew that I knew might it. happen yeah, when yeah, I said that to you. Yeah. yeah, I'll post it. Um, but... <laughs> But, but the reason I'm saying all this is because of the Kanye deal. And I just want to say this, Kanye, I know you're watching. Hey, man, I'm sorry about all of the Christians and the weird people that are like, oh, I don't know about this Kanye thing. Thank you for coming to Jesus. Thank you for making the number one album in the world. Jesus is king. Yeah. And welcome to the church, okay? Amen. Yeah. Welcome Amen. to the church because the problem is like, you know, I mean, when, when they go back out and do more music, and that's part of what's going to go on. And I was with Brian Head Welsh, our friend, the lead guitarist for Corn this week. I was in Nashville, and we were dressing up like Peter Pan, and I needed another pirate. 
and, and he was there, so he came over. He's a, he's a great pirate, right? Um, nobody looks more like Johnny Depp than Brian. So, so he came over, and we were just talking about the Kanye thing and all this kind of stuff. It's ridiculous, okay? He's gotten hammered by all the Christian people because he's back with corn. You're going to get hammered by people because you're back out doing some R&B. And I say, who cares about all those people? The people on the outside need in. That's what we're all about, right? What made Jesus mad was blocking access to the kingdom of God. Yes. So I want to pray for him, okay? I'm going to get over here and show you how short I really am. <laughs> and, uh, and I want you to reach out your hands and, and ask a blessing on them right now. Just do priestly blessing. Father God, I just thank you so much for them and for, for what Montel and Kristen have been doing and what they're working on. I love the new music, and I would love it if I didn't know them, but I really love them and knowing their heart and, and knowing what this could do. And I pray that it does. I, I, I want to see them on American Idol final next year doing new music instead of this is how we do it. And we thank you for the, the popularity and the things that have happened in their life that's given them a platform. We just pray for a supernatural blessing on their platform. Lord, send them as representatives of Victory Church, of Parkview Church, and all of us as they, as they do what they do and as they speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. All right. All right. I'll Love shut up. Now you can have it. Hey, y'all give it up one more time. Give it up. Give it up for your pastor, Tim. Give it up for his fantastic wife, Denise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, it's good to be here with y'all on this weekend. I'm Montel Jordan. And I'm Kristen Jordan. And man, we're just excited to be uh, with your Parkview community here in Illinois. Now, since we're here with your family, we wanted to just give you a glimpse of our family. So if you can put that picture up there just for a second, we want you to see the Jordan family. Yes. Yep, yep. My super hot wife. These are our kids. And, And listen, our kids range from 30 to 7. Yes, you They're heard all that. seven to eight years apart, which means I'm not the negotiator in our home. <laughs> but I get a deal done every seven to eight years. Hey. You're picking up what I'm putting down here. Every seven <laughs> to eight years. <laughs> and we have our, we have our grand, uh, first grand. Yes, uh, and I do uh, believe he's the finest human alive. Yeah, he's a beautiful he boy. Is. And we have another grand coming in Yay. January. And uh, let me just say this, uh, even though we have grands, we are not, we are, we're not grandma and grandpa. That's, That's not a thing because I'm too young and fly for that. And if I have to chase after you, I can't be grandma. Yeah. So I am Mimi. That's right. And I am Big Papa because I love it when they call me Big Papa. Yes. Some of y'all missed that. You just... This just a musical to me. My reference whole life just went like right this. over your head. I'm a music guy, and so a lot of stuff you, y'all got to keep up today. Hey, listen, <laughs> Kristen and I have been married for 25 years. Together. To, to each other. Together. We've been married <laughs> to each other for 25 years. You got to say that nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And listen, um, I want you to hear me say this. Uh, we are going to be happily married together forever. Forever, ever? Yeah, that, was, that was a... Pretty bold statement, buddy. Uh, okay, he's kind of stepping out in faith on that one. Listen, I'm here to tell you that without shadow of a doubt, yes. we know this. And our purpose of being here is that God does something in you 
so that you know this. That's correct. And uh, so very excited that we get to speak into marriages today. We get to speak into those who have a desire to be married. We're here to speak to those who are divorced, who are remarried, or who desire to remarry. We're here to speak to the singles today. God has something for everybody here today, so don't check Absolutely. out. But um, I just want you to know that God is going to use us to do something, I believe, very uh, instrumental in the future of the legacy of your church. You heard the song, This Is How We Do It. Not expecting probably to hear that in church, uh, but uh, I would just say just really you know, if you're not familiar with that song, uh, it's because you're too saved. Truth. If you didn't laugh at that. You're really too you. saved. Too saved. And it means that, Pastor Tim, you're doing too good of a job here at, at Park. You're getting everybody saved. But, uh, man, I just want to say you prayed over us, and so now we want to pray, pray over you. you. So let's just bow our heads. Those here and those watching online on your other campuses. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, you've met us here today. Yes. Uh, and may we be aware of your presence. May mm -hmm. we be aware that we are sons and we are daughters. There are people here today that don't recognize that they're your sons and they're your daughters before their husbands and wives, before their men and women. They are sons and daughters. And so mm -hmm. may we get that. And if we get that, we get everything you have for us today. And so have your way in this place. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everybody Jesus say amen. 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 So we're here today because God loves marriage, and yeah. so do Montel and I. Yeah. And we wanted to share with you the two objectives we hear are here to speak about at Parkview today. Um, number one, if you can make first things first, then you can make your marriage last forever. That's right. Put first things first. And number two, if you can take divorce off the table, you can make it last forever. Shout out to Keith Sweat. Make it last forever. You can do that. Yep, this will Some happen all day. Some of y'all don't know who day. Keith Sweat is. Just Google that Google. later. Later, though. You'll be driving home. You'll be like, oh, that's, what he, that's what he meant. Listen. <laughs> Kristen and I, listen, we believe uh, God has given us a blueprint, a, a template for us to work from and for you to potentially work from to avoid a lot of pitfalls that you can be going through as you're navigating your marriages and your relationships uh, and your friendships. And uh, we truly believe that uh, God wants to do something amazing here because he's done some amazing things in yes. us. He's no respective person. And he would do that for you. And Kristen and I, we've seen a lot of dysfunction uh, in marriage, even personally, like my parents were divorced after 25 years of marriage. And in that, man, I had never been the same. My family, my siblings, we've never been the same in, in trying to recover from that. And for me, my parents were married and divorced six times by the time I was 18. So I saw dysfunction at its highest yeah. level, and I got to experience that as a child. But one of the things that was something that we looked to and looked forward to was my grandparents. My grandparents were married 60 years. And so the funny thing was is that I told my, my mom, and she's like, no, I think they were married 55. So I went to my grandma, I was like, okay, wait, discrepancy, what's happening? 55, 60, what is it? And she goes, oh, just because he went to go be with Jesus doesn't mean I stopped counting. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh. that, that life after death love right yeah. there. And just for the record, if, if you happen to have lost a spouse or something like that, listen, this was her grandma that, that was loving, you know, yeah. even and after the grave or whatever. But, yeah. Um, but what I will say is, is that one of the things that we did is we gathered the wisdom that they had yeah. and our biblical knowledge, and we put them together, and we put it together saying that we were going to come up with something called Rocking Chairs and Beyond. Y'all know what rocking chairs and That's beyond is, right? That's our motto, rocking chairs and beyond. Have you ever heard it? You haven't heard that yet? Okay. Oh, oh. So it's the little old lady and the little old man drinking coffee on the front porch. How you doing, baby? I'm doing good, baby. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing mighty fine. You're looking mighty fine this morning. Oh, well, girl, out my good eye, you're looking pretty good yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, y'all, pray for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Listen, how do you get to rocking chairs and beyond? How do you get to forever? How do you get to experience God's heaven here on earth in our marriages? We believe it's through something uh, called first things first. first. It's God's biblical order of priority. When we do things in priority the way God gives it to us, then we can see amazing things happen. I don't know if y'all know, God is a God of order. He loves things to be decent and in order. He's the kind of guy that, you know, this many cubits, this color, this high. So it's a big deal to him. Order is a big thing. So we're going to give you a guide and a reference of how to keep first things first. And the first biblical order of things is God is first. Your relationship, your personal relationship with God is first. So can you raise your hand and say one finger and say God is first. First priority is God. God. All right. Watch it online. Y'all join in to put a finger up and say first priority is God. All right. Listen, Deuteronomy chapter six and verse five, the message version says it this way. Love God, your God with your whole heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. And I need you to get something. If you, there's a theme that's happening there, he says, love God, love him, love him. Uh, some of us stutter. God doesn't stutter, but he does repeat himself. Yes, he does. And normally if God is repeating himself, it's because there's something he wants us to get. And so when he says love, 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 he's saying that not because it's what he wants you to do, but it's because what he has already done and because he has loved, 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 our appropriate response to his love is to love back with all. And that reminds me, baby, of our son, Skylar. Our youngest son, Skylar, is 16. He's now a human giant. But at this time, he's probably about eight. Mm -hmm. And I have these huge philosophical conversations in the morning uh, with him because we are about 30 minutes from where school is. So he always has these huge questions. And so on this particular day, he says, "Um, Mommy, who do you love the most? And I was like, ugh. This is a setup, right? What what am I going to say here? But then as I sat there and I thought, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this a teachable moment. I said, baby, I love God the most. And he's like, even more than daddy? And I'm like, yes, even more than daddy. In fact, that's what keeps daddy safe. (laughs) So he sits there and he goes, you know what? I think that's good. I love God the most too, mommy. And then I love you the next most. And I was like... Oh, he didn't say that. Yes, he did. Don't hate. Don't hate. He didn't say that. Don't hate. See, when you're telling a story and then you see it go hard left, that's what that was right there. He loved me next. That's called haterade, but I love you still. Yeah, did you just read the next scripture? Why don't you just do that? (laughs) Mark 12 and 30 says it like this. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. God is a jealous God. Heed that. Don't put anything before him. Yeah, God is jealous for you. And listen, once again, running theme there, God says love with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, all, 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 all. We stutter, he does not. But he does repeat himself because it's something he wants us to get. If he's saying love with all, 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 it's not because it's something he wants from us. It's because it's something he did already. He gave all. And so our appropriate response is to respond by giving all back. And so one more time, put up one finger. Our first priority is God. God. All right. And our second priority is our our spouse. spouse. One more time. Second priority is our Spouse. spouse. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says this, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Wives, your spouse is the greatest gift that God gave you. How are you treating the gift that God gave you? Yeah, I will say to the husbands out there, um, our wives are supposed to know what the love of Jesus is like 
by the way we love them. Uh, how are we doing with that out there, guys? Uh, listen, I want to give us a definition of a covenant marriage, and I'm specifically saying a covenant marriage. Uh, marriage is a covenant relationship between three. Mm-hmm. One man, one woman, and God. I'm going to say that one more time because it's worth saying again. A covenant marriage is a relationship between one man, one woman, and, and God. God. Now, let me just explain that just for a second because um, I, I've taught on covenant before and I just want to simplify some things for you to understand what covenant means. And listen, as humans, we can make contracts. Yes. As humans, we can make agreements. But as humans, we cannot make contracts. Covenant. Only God can make a covenant. Only God creates a covenant. Now listen, we can enter into a covenant, but we can't create one. And so here's what this means. This means, that, this means that the institution of marriage can change yes. based on whatever laws we institute. Some of you missed that. Okay. It means that the definition of marriage can change based on how we redefine what God already defined. But by definition, covenant means it's not up for negotiation. It's not up for interpretation. It is what God created it to be, and we can enter into that. I know this for a fact because I tried to create my own covenant with God, my own covenant marriage. And when I was in the music business, I can remember our record label was giving us direction, and they said, hey, Montel, you know, you know, you just got married, got this hot record about to drop, and listen, nobody's going to want to support an uh, unavailable married guy in the business. Listen, the formula is you can be successful if men want to be you and women want to be with you. And so get it. I'm like, well, I don't know if I could be a good husband. I don't know if I could be a good father, but I know the gifts that God placed in me. So maybe I'll just rely on the gift to bring me before great men. And so I went along and rather than saying I was married, I would go and I would go places and they would say, Montel. Hey, we welcome you here to our television station, our radio station. You got the number one song in the world right now. Is there anybody special that you share it with? And I say, yeah, I'm married to my music. Yeah, I'm married to my music. Thought that, Thought that was a cool answer. But if there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And there is. And there's life and death in the power of the tongue. If I am going out saying I'm married to my music, what does that make her? His mistress. And so what starts to live out in our marriage is what I've been speaking. I'm speaking, I'm married to my music, and I'm saying basically that she is my mistress. And all the drama that comes along with the words that are coming from my mouth, we start to play out in our marriage. We don't actually understand what's happening in the natural, but in the spiritual, the connotations for this is mind-blowing. And we want to share that with you because we want you to understand that sometimes the things we say in the natural don't line up with the spiritual. So what do I mean? I mean, so they said to me, hey, nobody's going to take you seriously as a manager if they know that you're the wife. It'll disqualify you. It'll make your message not be able to be heard. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. My whole life, I grew up with a single-parent mom, and she would say, self-sufficient, independent, anything you put your hands to, you're going to be blessed. It's going to be amazing. So in my mind, I was ingrained to think I'm going to be successful in business. Everything I put my hands to is going to be blessed. Now, I didn't know if I could be a good wife. I didn't know if I could be a big mom, but I knew I was a good businesswoman. So I would tell him, listen, I'm going to make you a million dollars, but I'm not going to make you eggs. Are you good with that? 
I'm like, you could buy a lot of eggs with a million dollars. So, yeah. So I become Kristen Hudson. But it changes everything. Okay, so flashback. So we're June 1994. This is before an album ever comes out. And it's the greatest day of my life. And me and my daddy are standing at the top of the aisle. And we walk down the aisle. And we come to the front of the aisle. And the preacher says... Who gives this woman to be married? And my daddy says... I do. And what's supposed to happen right there is the covering of my father, I'm supposed to leave from underneath that, and I'm supposed to come under the covering of my husband. And so now from covering to covering, I am covered. That's what happens in the spiritual realm and the connotation of a marriage day. But on this particular day, out of my mouth, I confessed, I no longer am Kristen Jordan, I will be Kristen Hudson, and I reject the covering that you have. But in the spiritual, what I've done is I reject him and I say, I take this other covering that I had before, one of adultery, pornography, drug addiction, alcoholism, and many more goodies that keep on coming. And I open myself up to that and I bring that into our marriage and we want to know why we're hemorrhaging out. Yeah, and absolutely. In some places you're covered under your father's old covering. In some places you're uncovered. And I know this because some, some of you out there have chosen, even though you got married, you kept your maiden name. Oh, well, for business purposes or for this or for that. Mm. Listen, if that's you, just look straight ahead. Nobody's no, going to no, know no. it's you. But the reality yeah. of it is we're just giving you truth so you understand what's happening. Because what was happening by her not taking my name, like if we follow Christ, we take the name Christian. By not taking the Jordan name, there was a rejection in the spirit that was happening, and it was playing out in the name natural. Oh, she's not receiving all of me. She's not able to receive my covering. And so I'm as a man going out feeling rejected. And because she's managing me, I don't know if the artist is telling the manager what to do or the manager is telling the artist what to do. And so in our marriage, we're hemorrhaging and she can't submit to me in a marriage. And then reality is uh, I wasn't submitted to God. And it's hard for a woman to submit to a man who's not submitted to God. Say I'll say that again, that again, because that's worth saying again. It is hard for a woman to submit to a man who's not submitted to God. But I want to say this. If that may be you, that may be your circumstance watching online, that may be what you're navigating through, God gives a remedy for that. He talks about it in the scriptures of how you should pray as opposed to praying about him, about how to pray for him. And if you can read in Peter what that says, because it's a beautiful thing. First Peter 3 and 1 says it like this. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words, and they will be won over. Yeah. Ladies, I have never seen a man won to Christ by nagging. I've never seen you telling him what he's not bring him back to the Lord or to the house of Jock house of God. What I can tell you is when you get this relationship intact and God begins to deal with you and speak with you, you can love him back to Jesus. You can pray him back to Jesus. You can pray him back to church. But I will tell you, it will not be done with breaking him down. Yeah. And listen, the only thing worse than a nagging woman is a nagging man. Facts. I'm going to tell you right now. But here's the reality of it. We have life and death in the power of our tongue. Yes. If you can learn to speak, not what you see, but you can learn to speak what God said. Mm -hmm. my, wife, my wife loved me back to Jesus mm -hmm. when I was a bastard. My wife loved me back to Jesus. And God is no respecter of person. If he would do it for her, I'm here to tell you today that he would do it 
for you. So I'm here to encourage somebody here today in that. So listen, let's put those fingers up again. Our first priority is God. God. Our second priority is our spouse. spouse. Our third priority is our children. Children. Your kids. Ephesians 6 and 4 says it this way. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and fear and admonition of the Lord. That's right. Listen, kids don't come with instructions, manuals. We know this, but the word of God is the closest template that he gives us to know what a good, good father is supposed to look like. And I want to say this, in the order of God and then our spouse and then our kids, when this one is out of order, it becomes very, very dangerous. A lot of blended families struggle in this area where you've got relationship, yeah. you've had children coming together into a marriage or from a previous relationship, and now you come together in a blended family. I need, I need to say this, placing your kids out of order places them in harm's way. Yes. Uh, if you can't say men, say ouch. I'll say it again. Placing your kids out of order places them in harm's way. What are you saying, Pastor Montel? What wife wants to come behind a child? What husband wants to come behind a kid? Yeah. I need y'all to get this today. Listen, your children need to know mommy and me come first. Even if you were here first. Because what may have been broken to begin with, God is fixing by giving structure and by giving order to keep them safe in that place. And when they get that, they get everything because legacy is birthed out of having that order in the home. And it doesn't have to be in a blended family. It can be in a nuclear family. Yeah. Listen, I've been guilty of this in the past. I've been guilty of momming. And I said momming. <laughs> Listen, hockey, ballet, hockey basketball, football, whatever it is, but pouring your all into your children. Listen, I'm about loving my children and letting them know that I'm there and being at games and being present, but it cannot be more important than my relationship here. The truth of the matter is 18 years from now, you will have poured your life out into these children and you will wake up next to a stranger. You will not know him and you will look over and be like, mm, who are you? Your name is... Uh. The thing is, that's not how it was designed. It was designed for 18 years from now. They leave. Uh, I hope they leave. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and done. <laughs> they leave, he stays. Get to know your spouse. Spend the proper time and put him in the proper order in the proper place. Truth is, you're also teaching authority. Yeah. If they don't learn it at home, they won't learn it outside. Truth is, they'll go to their job and they'll say, I'm not going to do that. I don't have to submit to authority. You know why? They never had to learn how to submit to authority in their home. And therefore, it will be very difficult for them to submit to teachers, difficult to submit to them on their jobs. And you set them up for a fail. And you want to know why they can't keep a job. Starts in the home, y'all. So come on. One more time. First priority is? God. Nice and loud. Second priority is our? Spouse. Third priority is our? Children. Our fourth priority is the church. Yes. The church. And singles. for the singles out there, this one is for you because if you ain't got no man or no woman, no kids, you got time for Jesus. How can yeah. I help Parkview? <laughs> Woo! This is the thing. Listen, be involved with your local body of believers. Yeah. And this is what, where we get into small groups, make sure that we're serving, make sure that we're doing all these things because this is where we find our safety, right? Yeah. Hebrews 10 and 25 says it like this, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Mm -hmm. 
Ecclesiastes 4 and 12 says it like this. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That's right. This is why church, community, small, small groups, groups, staying plugged in, we do better when people are watching. That's right. And you just get, get this. Yeah. So listen, if you're single, Parkview is supposed to have your back. When you're single... The church is supposed to have your back. When you're married, yeah. your spouse is supposed to have your back, and the church is supposed we'll have to have y'all, y'all back. back. In other words, I want to give you an example. Come stand up here, babe. Just listen. A lot of marriages look like this. Not necessarily physically, but your spiritual positioning is like this. You know, like that argument you got into on the way to church. Ooh, you're in somebody's business. Hey. Your heart posture mm-hmm. is like this towards your spouse. The way that you talk to him. The way that you don't reverence her. The way that he's not important. This is how our marriages can look. But listen, the word says that one standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But it says in Ecclesiastes, it says... Two can stand back to back and conquer. So what does that look like? You've been fighting the wrong fight. If I am back to back to conquer, I don't have time to fight her. She doesn't have time to fight me. The enemy is bringing hell at you. Finances are coming at you. Illness is coming at you. All types of drama is coming at you. But if you are following the word, it says that if you stand back to back, you can conquer. And listen, the word is so good that it doesn't just stop right there. It says that two can stand back to back and conquer, I'm all excited right now. This word is, it's that good word right now. Jesus. Come on, let me get one more. Give me one more, baby. Come on. That's good right here. That 10 o'clock word right here. I'm going to put it nice and tight. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let that go. All right, here we go. The word not only says two can stand back to back and conquer, But it says a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Covenant, one man, one woman, Holy Spirit, God, knitting you together. And our marriages look like this. So so even if he did want to leave, you ain't going nowhere. She get tied up. She want out. You ain't going nowhere. Moses permitted you to divorce Mm. because of the hardness of your heart. Mm. But from the beginning, it was not so. It was not so. And we got to go back. We got a revelation that go back to our first love because this is how he designed it to be. Some of y'all should be taking pictures. Some of you need to take a mental picture because God is speaking to you today. You got divorce papers out there. You walk in here and you're smiling, but you, and God is speaking to you today. And he's saying, son, daughter, I'm trying to show you how to fight this thing instead of fighting each other. This is good preaching right now. I don't, you don't have to respond. I just believe the Holy Spirit is doing whatever he needs to do in you today. But this is how he desires for our marriages to look. Amen. Some of y'all trying to take this rope and and choke each other with it. And that's not what it's, that's not not what it's for. (laughs) That's not what it's for. 
All right, so come on, fingers up. Um, first priority is God. God. Our second priority is our spouse. Third priority is our children. Fourth priority is our church. And the fifth priority is our family, family and, and friends. friends. Right, family, family and friends. Some of y'all, I know they're like, wait a minute, why would I put my family and friends after my church? Very simply, because of influence. One is going to influence the other. Either your family is going to influence how you see the church or your church is going to influence how you see your family. And the way that some of your families act, you need all the Jesus you can possibly get. Amen? That's, that's facts, facts right there. Listen, facts. and then sixth on the list that we have here after uh, God, spouse, children, church, family, friends, is the one that most of us mess up tremendously. This is the one we messed up really bad. Job, career. Yeah. Some of us, if we're honest, we got job and career way, way up, up high on that list. In some places, it's even above God. And I can't truth- come to church. You know, I work on some. A lot of times, we will misplace that one. And, and let me just say this because I, I just feel mm-hmm. like um, even when it comes to people who are doing ministry, sometimes they will take their ministry as being their relationship with God and it's not a service to him, but it's actually a disservice while you think you're actually serving him and you have no relationship with him. Those things have to be in order. Absolutely. And this is the deal. When you put this one out of place, what happens is you put everything in harm's way. We can tell you that because we did it. We can tell you that we sold millions of records and were all over the world and everyone would know your name. And at home, we were hemorrhaging and bleeding out. And our children were bleeding out. And the truth is, we cannot sacrifice them on the altar of a job. Yeah. Right. Nobody gets to the end of their life and says, I wish I'd done one more deal. I wish I had just spent a little more time in the office. I wish I had my profit and loss statement looked a little better. Yeah. Listen, That's not we, what they say, yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you what they do say. I wish I'd spent more time with my wife. I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. I wish I had told somebody about Jesus. I wish I knew and did things in my church better. That's what we hear. And the truth of the matter is, when we come here, We're telling you about family and we're telling you about marriage, but truthfully, we're telling you that the one thing that saved us from the depths of hell is the love of Jesus. That's right. And so get this. And then what comes after that? Amen. That's worth worth applause for. The love of Jesus. And then what comes after that, after job and everything, then comes you, your personal things that you do. God desires you to be happy on this earth. uh, But sometimes uh, we put our own happiness above the things that he's given us order that were designed to help bring us to that place of happiness and health and being whole. And so I just want to say this, and babe, you just said it, you said it perfectly um, because Jesus was the thing that made all the difference in the world to us. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the accomplishments. It wasn't fame. It wasn't fortune. It wasn't relationships. It was Jesus. It all came down to Jesus. And someone made that offer to us. They made that offer to me many, many years ago. Uh, and I want to be able to share that opportunity with you today because it's not something that you can pay for. It's not something that you can order. Uh, it's something that is a free gift, uh, but you have to be able to access it. And so, uh, but if you just come stand with me for a second, I just want to say this uh, because this was the most, uh, I'm speaking to sons and daughters here today. And here's what I mean by sons and daughters, not your sons and daughters. I'm speaking to them too, but I'm speaking to you 
as a son and as a daughter, because some of you are here as husband and wife, or you're here as friends, or you're here as parents, you're here as men, you're here as women. But before you are husband and wife, before you are parents, before you are men and women, you are sons and daughters, but you only get that revelation when you understand who your father is. And that's what my prayer is, that you would know that today. And here's how I would say it, how it was said to me, and what I would say to you today. If you're here watching online, if today were the last day that you were to take your last breath here on earth, tonight, you lay your head down and you go to sleep, you breathe your last, when you open up your eyes on the other side of eternity, will there be a loving, kind, gracious God, a father there to greet you who will say, I'm so proud of you, I love you, welcome home. Or if you breathe your last and you open your eyes on the other side of eternity where there'll be a good, gracious, kind, loving God, a father there to greet you who would say, I'm sorry, I don't know you. If you can't answer that question, God is talking to you today. I'm going to ask you all to bow your heads and close your eyes online as well. (sighs) Thank you for meeting us here today, God. Thank you, Lord. God, I believe without shadow of a doubt that you brought us here because today you have someone in this room or watching online who is just now realizing that they are actually a son and they are a daughter of you. They're just now getting the revelation that I cannot do this life alone Mm -hmm. without my father. And the word of God, which cannot lie, says that if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. And so today, you can't pay for it, but you can receive it today. A free gift of salvation. The gift of salvation is free. Of course, it will cost all because God gave all and he wants you to have all. And so if you would say today, Pastor Montel, Pastor Tim, I have never fully given my life over to Jesus Christ. Maybe I've, I've toyed with it or I've thought about it and I know who God is, but I don't know if God knows who I am. Today you can answer that question with all assurance of where your soul will rest. And so I'm going to ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would say, Pastor Montel, I have never fully given my life over completely to Jesus, but I do believe that he died on a cross and I do believe that he was raised from the dead for me. If you can believe that and you can speak that into existence today and you're willing to do that, to receive that gift, I'm going to ask you with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you hear the Holy Spirit saying that's you today, just be courageous and I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. I just want to be able to see it. I just want to, come on, if that's you, if that's you. And you would say that. Thank you. I see it. Hold, hold it up nice and high. It's between you and God. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. I see you in the balcony. Thank you for your courage. Okay, you can put your hands down. Perhaps you have received Jesus before as Lord and Savior, but maybe your sinful walk right now and the things that you're in have you very, very far from God. Man, if you want to close that gap today and be close with the Father again today for him to forgive all your sins and forget them as far as the east is from the west, if you can say, that's me today. I have received Jesus before, but I want to be back with my Father again. I want to do right by my God. If that's you today, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. It's just between you and God. I just want to recognize you and celebrate you. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand nice and high? I just want to recognize you and just say thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. Thank you so much for your courage. I see that hand. God sees your hand. 
Okay, you can put your hands down. Anyone who ever came to Jesus for the first time, whoever came to faith or came back to faith, we all had to recognize we were sinners and we needed a Savior. And so today, we're going to say a prayer together. The prayer is not the finish line. The prayer is a starting point for new relationship, new healing, a new walk with Jesus Christ. So let's just do this nice and loud together. Those who are just coming to Jesus now and those who have been in the faith, let's repeat this together and just say, Jesus. Jesus. I love you. I love you. You love me first. You love me first. You love me more. You loved me more. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. And I need a Savior. I believe. I believe. You are that Savior. You are that Savior. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I believe. I believe. You're the Son of God. You're the Son of God. You came to this earth. You came to this earth. For me. For me. You died on a cross. You died on the cross. For me. For me. You went to the grave. You went to the grave. For me. For me. And you rose again. And you rose again. Just for me. Just for me. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. I turn to the cross. I turn to the cross. And I'll make you. And I'll make you. My Lord and Savior. My Lord and Savior. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. Now, in Jesus' name, all over this building and those watching online, would you just lift your hands toward heaven? If you lift both hands up, listen, lifted hands are a universal sign of surrender. And today you might be surrendering your life to Jesus. You might be surrendering sin to Jesus. You may be uh, surrendering a sickness to Jesus. He is ready to receive that. And lifted hands are also a sign of receiving. And today you can receive his mercy. You can receive his grace. You can receive his salvation. You can receive all, all, all from him today. And so we celebrate you as you receive and as you surrender to him today. In the name of Jesus, everybody said amen. 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 Come on, let's celebrate those that gave their life to Jesus today. Mm -hmm. God bless you, church. We love you.